0: Welcome to the October 7th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on a major diamond discovery in Angola, other mining news in Gabon, infrastructure projects in Cape Verde, Cameroon, and Mozambique, transport sector news in Portugal and Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, the floor is yours.
1: We start this week's episode with Oxford Economics Africa's predictions for Angola. The consultancy firm predicted that oil production in Angola would rise 4.4% this year to 1.18 million barrels per day after growing 3.8% from January to August. Besides forecasting the ramp-up in production, it also predicts new investment in the energy sector and stresses that revenues from oil rose more than 72% in the first eight months of the year compared to the same period last year. During the Cabinda governorship handover ceremony, the new governor guaranteed the continuity of the structural projects of great impact for this region and stated that the government's priorities include the conclusion of the works of the Maria Mambu Café Airport, the Cayo Deepwater Port, the Cabinda Refinery and the Cayo University Campus. Meanwhile, a financing agreement between the Ministry of Finance, the World Bank, and an international banking syndicate has made available more than 1 million US dollars to finance the Beta Water Project in Luanda. The project will be implemented in the municipality of Balazh and will benefit over a million people with the collection of water from the Kwanzaa River and the construction of a 6-kilometer long pipeline. The Beta Project is a strategic public investment for the construction of infrastructures for the treatment, supply and storage of drinking water that will allow for the improvement and expansion of the water supply service in rapidly growing urban and peri-urban areas in southern Luanda. A 31-carat diamond was discovered in the Lulu Mine in the province of Norte, operated by Sociedade Mineira do Lulu, comprising Angolan companies in the MAP and Rosas and Petales, as well as Australia's Lucapa diamond. According to the Ministry of Mineral Resources, Oil and Gas. Angola has once again proven its enormous diamond potential and will soon be among the largest diamond producers in the world. A report by the diamond trading company Sodium shows that the revenue resulting from diamond trading in the country reached 1.6 billion USD in the 2021 fiscal year, which resulted in an increase of 60.6% in revenue when compared to 2020. According to the report, this increase resulted from first the volumes commercialized, and second, and perhaps more significantly, the rising prices of rough diamonds in the international market. The International Finance Corporation plans to disburse $15 million for projects in Cape Verde in the coming months, which reinforces the IFC's commitments to Cape Verde's Sustainable Development Plan. Besides focusing mainly on tourism, infrastructure and transport projects, the IFC is also looking to work on the development of the digital economy. On the energy front, Cape Verde is investing 33 million euros in wind energy. The government of Cape Verde recently signed a memorandum of understanding with Cadeolica for the expansion of the company's wind farm and the installation of energy storage infrastructures. The project will come into operation in 2024, and consists of the installation of wind turbines with a total capacity of 13 megawatts on the Mont San Felipe wind farm on the island of Santiago, and the installation of 2 megawatt slash 5 megawatt-hour energy storage batteries, one for the island of Santiago and the other for the island of Sal. This investment is in line with the country's energy transition strategy, allowing Cape Verde to reach 30% of renewable energy consumption in 2025. The renewable energy target. The finally the plan for the electricity sector approved in 2018 In Cameroon, the Port Authority PAK and Kribi Containers Terminal, a joint venture formed by the consortium Bolloré CHC CMA CGM, have recently signed an amendment to the concession agreement of the container terminal of the port of Kribi regarding the second phase of the port's development. The second phase will begin in the first half of 2024 with the construction of a new 715 meter quay, an open area of more than 30 hectares, and the acquisition of 5 new gantry cranes and 15 fleet gantries, totaling 20 gantry cranes altogether. Such investments will allow the Port of Kribi to triple the, cap- the capacity of the container terminal in order to reach the threshold of 1 million containers handled, and confirm its status as a reference hub serving the economy of Cameroon and the sub-region. In order for Cameroon to optimize the Port of Kribi and its industrial complex and promote regional integration in Central Africa, a loan agreement of 75 billion CFA francs was signed to finance the first phase of the project, for the development of roads to open up the industrial and port area of Kribi. This phase aims to open up the deep-water port of Kribi through the rehabilitation of the Edea-Kribi road and the construction of an expressway between Lulave and Kampu, while phase two will consist of the development of economic and social infrastructures. In Gabon, U.S. mining company Black Mountain Gold entered into a binding Memorandum of Understanding to acquire the Banu Potash Project in southern Gabon. Covering 1,244 square kilometers, the project will consist of 5.3 billion tons of potash ores at 14.3% K2O grade. In addition, as part of the acquisition of the Banu Potash Project, Black Mountain Gold is planning a name change to Millennial Potash Corp. Guinea-Bissau has become the 44th country to ratify the agreement to join the African continental free trade area. According to the World Bank, the implementation of the FCFTA could reduce the country's poverty rate from 37.9% to 27.7%. The agreement will create the largest free trade zone in the world, with the potential to lift 30 million people out of extreme poverty if significant political and trade reforms are adopted. Over in Mozambique, the director-general of the Mpando hydraulic dam project on which Miranda Alliance has been working, has announced that the seven investors for the financing and implementation of the $4.5 billion project in central Mozambique have been shortlisted. The identity of the seven investors has not yet been revealed, but they are two individual companies and five large consortiums that will soon visit the site in the Tete province. The visit will allow investors to understand the area's natural conditions and assess the fundamental area to prepare proposals from a technical economic and financial point of view. The infrastructure is expected to cost between 4.5 $5 billion and have 1,500 MW producing capacity, making Pandumkua the second-largest hydraulic dam in the country after Cabotabasa hyd- Hydraulic, which generates 2,070 MW. With the two infrastructures added to other fully operational energy production ventures, Mozambique hopes to achieve the goal of universal access to energy and respond to the growing energy deficit that plagues Southern Africa. Mozambique has streamed the proportion of revenue it intends to direct towards a sovereign wealth fund that's being set up to help manage an estimated $96 billion expected to flow from its fledging natural gas industry. According to the draft law that the government plans to submit to Parliament by the end of December, the state will channel 40% of total oil and gas revenue to the fund for the first 15 years and 50% thereafter. The establishment of the wealth fund is a key part of a deal the government reached this year with the International Monetary Fund. Following Mozambique's announcement of its economic stimulus acceleration package last August, which included a measure to improve the competitiveness of the country's logistic corridors, the government brought together the sector's main stakeholders. Under the motto Maputo Corridor, a space for economic opportunities, the meeting helped reach a few conclusions, notably the need to establish a management unit for the Maputo corridor, the need to carry out an assessment of the corridor, clarifying its challenges. challenges. Challenges and capabilities, and the digitalization and automation of clearance processes, among others. Mozambique and neighboring Tanzania have recently signed a number of agreements in the fields of security, resources, and infrastructure development. The high point of these agreements is the one on cooperation in the exploration and production of hydrocarbons. The geographical position of the two countries makes it easy to transport natural gas produced to other countries, especially in Asia, and Mozambique has 100 trillion cubic feet of proven gas reserve, which could potentially place the country in the top tier of LNG producers in the world. However, most of the gas is located offshore northern Cap Delgado province, where insurgent groups currently operate, which is why both countries have also signed two cooperation agreements on combating terrorism and fighting crime. In Portugal, the privatization of TAP, the country's state-owned flag carrier airline, is on the horizon. Portugal's Prime Minister has stated that the operation should take place within the next 12 months and that while the government wishes to remain positive, he cannot guarantee that the state won't lose money in the process. Meanwhile, China is keeping a close eye on transport and environmental-related projects in Portugal. The Belt and Road Infrastructure Development Index, an initiative launched by the Chinese President to develop an international strategy to establish and expand maritime, road and rail links, as well as investment in energy resources, highlights that transport and environmental-related projects are gaining traction in Portugal, with contracts worth more than $628 Million euros signed in 2021. According to the report published in Macau, Portugal shows solid economic conditions for infrastructure development, a reference that also extends to Cape Verde and Mozambique. Among the Portuguese-speaking countries, Portugal achieved the best score in the sub-index of environmental development, which aggregates political factors, economic sovereignty and market impact factors, as well as business and industrial scenarios, making it extremely attractive to Chinese investors. CleanWatts has signed a contract with the government of Saint-Omé and Prince through the state-owned company MIA, the National Water and Electricity Company, for the production and commercialization of clean and affordable energy. The project, whose production should start in October, includes the installation of 3,000 solar panels in the vicinity of Nunchevier International Airport. It is expected to revolutionize the energy landscape, with an estimated production of more than 1,700 MWh per year that will be injected directly into the island's electrical grid. The Green Energy Project should reduce energy dependence and contribute to reducing the country's ecological footprint and combating energy poverty. Lastly, in Timor Leste, the port of Tibar Bay has come into operation, replacing the port of Dili, which is now closed to container ship operations and will be remodeled to function as a tourist and commercial point. The port of Tibar will offer better conditions for handling import and export goods with a cargo capacity of one million containers per year. The port also includes a double buff that will reduce delays in container unloading, including transaction costs, to facilitate efficient custom services and trade activities. This infrastructure will also improve Timor-Leste's maritime connectivity in Asia, linking Timor-Leste to global trade markets. The port was built through the country's first public-private partnership on which Miranda advised, between the government of Timor-Leste, which contributed $130 million through a feasibility fund, and Timor Ports, a subsidiary of Boloje, which invested $150 million. The initial phase cost $280 million from a total planned investment of $500 million over 30 years. The remodeling of the Port of Dili is estimated at $50 million and will include cultural and recreational facilities and residential areas. This project will create jobs and provide commercial opportunities for Dili residents, further transforming the landscape of Timor-Leste Capital City and making it increasingly attractive to domestic and international tourists.
0: We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia-Andre, From our Lisbon office And Luís Miranda From the Houston office Content was developed Exclusively for Miranda By the Miranda Alliance podcast team Technical support Is provided by Hugo Ribeiro From our communications department All content Is subject to copyright And protected by law